Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a very special edition of our always encouraging and entertaining Mission Mill Spouse podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. It's almost hard to believe, but this is episode number 1020. I'm Deputy Director Jolene McNutt, and I'm grateful you chose to join us today. Have your headphones on and your volume turned up and get ready for your weekly lineup of military life empowerment. On today's show, we'll listen to an interview conducted by Director of Content Kathleen Palmer as she chats with our very own Executive Director, Dr. Sharita Nablock. Hey, Mission Mill Spouse listeners, I'm Sarah Robichaud, your Director of Administration, and we are so grateful to celebrate our last full-length episode of our season with you today. And what a year it has been. We launched in 2023, rebranded, and expanded to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. That's right, you have a seat at our Mill Spouse table, so pull up a chair and let's get the conversation started. As an all-volunteer-powered 501c3 organization, we invite individuals and businesses to support us in our mission, helping military spouses to feel confident and empowered in this military life. Please go to missionmillspouse.org to contribute or email partner at missionmillspouse.org to discuss our extensive partnership program. Thank you for your support. All right, before we get any further into today's show, let's catch up, Sarah. What's written in pencil on your millspouse calendar this week? Uh, my exciting to-do list item is finally getting my holiday decorations up. I am usually um, an early decorator, like don't judge me, November 1st, I am ready to go. As soon as the Halloween candy is in the buckets, I am hauling out all of my Christmas boxes. And so I am a little bit behind this year, but I am finally getting to it. And I'm super excited. Um, I'm behind just because we're in the middle of a really busy TDY season with my spouse. And we just went through the stress of the marketplace and trying to figure out where we hope the military sends us next. And so um, we're just kind of waiting for that. And uh, except for my Christmas decorations, I'm kind of in the mindset of everything is now a problem for 2024, Sarah. I'm kind of just kind of pushing everything down the line um, and we'll get to it next year. So out of, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. How are you, Jolene? How are things going in your neck of the woods? Uh, I love that. 2024, Sarah. (laughs) Jolene will be joining you 2024, Jolene, because I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Um, We two are um, early decorators. So no judgment coming from here. I'm actually, we joke in our house because my husband is the decorator. He loves Christmas. He is like, I don't know, a combination of like Santa, um, Elf, Elf from like, you know, the movie <laughs> Elf, um, like any Christmas person you can think of, he has it embodied in him. And I'm very much the Grinch. <laughs> oh, I don't know that I don't like it. It's just, it's just, um, I think just being, you know, kind of like a to-do list kind of person, it's hard to get to the fun part because I feel like the list is very long of things that need to get done before we can have fun. Sure. And so I'm so glad that he's around because he makes it fun and he also takes the lead on the decorating so we can get into the spirit a little more easily. I don't know. (laughs) It gets a little crazy. You guys make a good team. I know Christmas and just the holidays in general are really busy for 
for moms, um, just because we do tend to be the default parent that gets tasked with all of the holiday. You know, we are in charge of the jolliness of the holidays kind of thing. And um, it does it does help when you have a spouse that wants to decorate and really wants to dive in and help you with all of that. I do appreciate it. And having him gone for so many Christmases, like I am so grateful that he is like so gung ho. He's like, let's do it. And then I'm like, awesome. You want to do Elf on the Shelf? Cool. I'm in. You can take that and run with it. You want to decorate? Awesome. Go for it. You want to have Christmas music blasting? Cool. I'll let you set the playlist. <laughs> it's, it yeah. does like make it a lot more enjoyable to have that some of that weight lifted a little. So he kudos to my husband. He he gets some major props for taking on some of the dismal, in my opinion. Uh, parts of <laughs> Christmas or the holiday season. <laughs> My husband also is in charge of Elf on the Shelf because just on top of everything else, I cannot at no. the end of the day or first thing in the morning figure out no. what to do with the darn elf in some creative. <laughs> My husband being a former tanker created a tank out of Amazon boxes last year for the elf to be driving. And meanwhile, I'm just like, I'm just going to put the elf in the pantry and have him hide in the cereal. And that's all that, you know, that's about the extent of my creativity. So he handles the elf and I love that for him. (laughs) I love that for you too. (laughs) And how awesome to create a whole tank. Good for him, but it's not happening. And I'm here with you. Cereal box. Excellent place. (laughs) I mean, come on. They're going to find it pretty relatively quickly in the morning. Yay. Everyone's going to be excited. But the tank tank kind of crushes it. (laughs) Well, Jolene, our command team conversations are always such a great way to experience that solidarity that so many of us male spouses desire. It feels so good to chat with others who just get it. Now let's focus on this week's main interview with Sharita as she shares some big news with us. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics, including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said, I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equip me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Welcome Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Kathleen Palmer, your director here at Mission Mill Spouse, and I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode full of information to empower and enlighten you. Today is a special episode as we prepare to wrap our 18th year on the air and gear up for our well-deserved holiday break. But don't worry, we'll be starting back up with our 19th season in 2024. To commemorate this occasion, we will hear from our current Mission Mill Spouse Executive Director, Dr. Sharita Knobloch, as she shares her own seasonal farewell with us. After nearly 10 years of serving with Mission Mill Spouse in various capacities, she has announced that her season with the organization is coming to a close. Sharita has been married to her beloved infantryman for 13 years. She holds a Doctor of Education in Community Care and Counseling, Pastoral Counseling, from Liberty University. She's a mama of a 10-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy. Also in the Fort Bliss household is a geriatric 13-year-old dog and a desert box turtle known to be an escape artist. Sharita is a crossfitter, aspiring runner, pun maker, writer, speaker, and spiritual leadership coach. In 2020, she was named Armed Forces Insurance Fort Bliss Military Spouse of the Year. 
Professionally, Sharita is a dissertation chair at Liberty University Online in the Department of Community Care and Counseling, where she coaches and mentors doctor doctoral students as they strive to become hashtag not that kind of doctor. She gets really excited about office supplies and journal shopping. She is a certified auctioneer, overuses hashtags on a regular basis with hashtag no shame, and frequently uses hashtag America as a verb. Welcome for the final time. Ouch. To the Mission Mill Spouse podcast, Sharita. Thank you so much, Kathleen. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's just dive right in and tell us how you got your start with Mission Mill Spouse. I feel like when I got my start with Mission Mill Spouse, back then it was Army Wife Network. And as per my tempo in life, it was not really part of my no plan plan. So I started out as a blogger back in February of 2014 with really no other motivation than to try and attempt to be a slightly less cranky military spouse. (laughs) Now, let me explain that a little. So I typically I'm rather optimistic, but I feel like especially as a semi new spouse, I guess I was I had been married for four years and some change at that point ish. The difficulties of the male spouse life had created a lot of stress on my life. And I felt like I was just walking around all the time of being like, that doesn't make sense. Why are you not like, what, what is going on? And I was just kind of cranky. Um, I had a little baby at that point. My daughter was almost one. So definitely in that new season of being a new mom and just like, what do I do with my hands? I have to keep someone alive. This is scary. And why are you not here? And what are they doing? And so, you were sleep deprived, I'm pretty sure. At oh, that so day. sleep deprived, which <laughs> helps nothing at all. Like just makes, just makes everything so much more difficult. And we were stationed at JBLM and I was really feeling convicted uh, about my attitude as a spouse. And I was like, so what will change this for me? What do I need to lean into to shift that trajectory, change my mental fortitude or my attitude? And I'd already been writing and blogging just personally for about four years at that point. And I ran across the Army Wife Network blog and they said, hey, we're seeking bloggers. And that's when I decided to apply as a blogger because while I'm a huge advocate for being authentic and sharing those things about the seasons of life in most spouse life, the embracing the suck, the deployments, the new babies, the fill in the blank, I didn't want to write negative. And so I still shared my authentic story, but I wanted to leave it with more of an empowering spin. What did I do to cope? Who helped me through it? What resources were out there just to be like, this is really hard, but here's the good stuff I'm finding in it, really like hunting for the good. And so that's how I got my start. And as they say, it escalated quickly. Again, really part of that no plan plan. Very quickly after that, I blogged for about a year, maybe a year and a half, I think. And then the leadership transition, the initial leadership transition with Army Wife Network took place. A new CEO and commander stepped into place. They rose me. I I was invited to join the what was called the core team back then as blog editor-in-chief and then quickly moved to deputy director, deputy commander to be um, our former leader's right-hand gal and served in that capacity for about three years. And then when she transitioned out and retired, I stepped into the cruise ship director role for Army Wife Network and now known as Mission Mill Spouse. And you are the ultimate Julie McCoy cruise director. That is for sure. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of laugh because I feel like you know, blogging is like the gateway drug. That's how we get. <laughs> um, that's how. That's how it gets you. That's how it gets you started. And then you're like, <laughs> what happened? Did I black out? What is? Yeah. 
what are all these emails and meetings? And I love it, but I'm not sure how I got here. This wasn't on the schedule. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that right now too. But that, anyway, that just struck with me a little bit too. But you are our cruise director and you have been throughout this transition um, to military, Mission Mill Spouse throughout all the different changes in the past year or so. Um, so you've been the executive director for how long now? A little over four years, I think, if the math is right on that. Okay. And as as I'm very remiss to say this next statement, but you are transitioning out of that role. Mm-hmm. And we are all a little bit heart sick here at Mission Mill Spouse, but we, of course, part of our our mission is empowering spouses. And we know you're about to empower yourself to do something great. So what maybe start with what prompted you to start this transition out of your role as our executive director? I think the key with all transitions is for me leaning on that truth of to everything, there is a season. And whether that's a leadership role, a duty station that you love or not so much, even military life, none of us, present, current, past, company, no one listening, no one is ever going to serve in their military from the moment they're born until they're 90 years old. It's just not how it works, right? To everything, there is a season. And there's, you know, it's just a seasonal transition. And so there's nothing, praise the Lord, there's nothing awful happening in my life. This is not a crisis departure. There's nothing odd or awkward about it. I mean, it's a, it's bit definitely bittersweet. I'm likening it to a PCS from somewhere that you really, really love. But to everything, there is a season. And so I'm not entirely sure what's next. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I do know that this seasonal transition just has my heart yearning for additional connection with my family in real life. Because I started blogging when my daughter was or I started with Army Wife Network slash Mission Mill Spouse when she was a year old and she's about to turn 11, uh, you know, just a few months. And so back then I really needed that foundational fulfillment to be something beyond a mom and a male spouse. Those are awesome, wonderful callings, but I was, I was missing something. Cause again, it's really, for me, it was extremely hard and stressful. And now my kids are getting a little bit older and I was like, you guys are fun to hang out with and do <laughs> mandatory fun. And I want to do these things instead of honest, to be honest, like instead of kind of needing an escape from them, I want to lean into that. And I also feel like with my husband's career, there's some exciting things coming. Not sure what that looks like either. I want to be with him even more and be like, I don't know what's next, but there's some in real life things coming down the pipe that I want to just be available for. Plus, again, leaning into the changing of transitions and seasons, there is someone coming up behind me to be raised up to fill this role with some new ideas and vision and excitement. And so being humble enough to be like, hey, I want that freshness for this organization because I love it and I want to see it continue to thrive. Well, and you talk about 10 years. I mean, you your your daughter's now almost 11. And so, I mean, anything you do for 10 years, I mean, I can't even, I think I've had five houses in 10 years. I mean, right. I <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, that is, we, we, it doesn't seem like such a time, but it really is. And, and committing to something for 10 years, you know, an organization, especially a volunteer one at mm-hmm. that is, is insane. And I, I just kudos to you. And I applaud you for, you know, your, you know, your dedication and your loyalty to the, 
you know, this organization, because along those 10 years, you've you've helped countless spouses find their steps and you've helped other spouses just not be alone in this whole world, too. So I think I think you definitely can step back, you know, put the hat down and say, you know, I did I did good. Um, mm-hmm. But thinking about on it, I wonder what your thoughts are about what the greatest takeaway you're going to you're going to go with with the take with you and you're nearly 10 years with this organization. What do you think your greatest lesson or takeaway is? For me as a leader, that's always been something that since the get-go has always been my heart. And we're talking even in like high school, you know, I've always had a heart for leadership. I've loved it. I kind of have a natural bent to it, but ultimately it's all about the people. And that is probably the hardest aspect of this transition is my people, my girls, my male spouses is kind of saying a daily see you later. You know, thankfully we have social media and have that connection and text messaging. And man, I know that I'm going to run into command team members, past, present, and future in real life, but it's all about the people. Relationships always trump the rules and the tasks. We have truly hundreds of tasks that happen behind the screens every week here at Mission Mill Spouse. But I've seen over a decade in various roles, the power of loving your people well, nurturing them, giving grace, rising to the occasion when someone needs to take a knee. And so I think nurturing your people is what makes the organization, makes any organization strong, good, and that level of perseverance. Because my goodness, not even just this year, but again, if you count all 10 years in various leadership capacities, we have gone through the gamut of male spouse stuff. We've lost parents. We've weathered miscarriages together. We've had births. We've had deployments, TDYs, nightmare PCSs, awesome PCSs, job transitions, you name it, we've done it. And we've done it as a team. And so ultimately, I think loving your people well, leaning into that, nurturing that creates this culture of grit and perseverance that the male spouse community is just so well known for. And I think you do that really well. I think there are some leaders that they can really take that relationship level, um, you know, to one extreme or the other, but finding the balance between having the relationship and getting the tasks done and following the rules too. (laughs) It it is is a delicate balance and you do it exceptionally well. And I feel like you will always have that gift to give in whatever capacity that you do it. I do feel like too, that a volunteer organization, sometimes you don't get that level of, um, you know, of passion that you've Mm -hmm. got to us because sometimes you know when you're volunteering you're you think oh well I'm just a volunteer and you never I don't think you ever came across like that nor did you ever sell or you know do anything with your team that way it was always professional always um you know this is what we do and I like that and I think that you have a lot of people that feel that loyalty to you like a leader and I think that is going to be that is why I believe that so many of our staff mm. probably really not wanting to listen to this interview. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's I think that, again, that's why it's so important is uh, that's the difference between leadership and management. You know, there are le- there are managers out there that are great and we need managers, but the managers are task focused, like are the things getting done? And that is, of course, important. But when it comes to volunteering, knowing that your volunteers are seen known, valued, and cared for creates that longevity. And I've seen that in other organizations where, you know, volunteer turnover is just crazy pants. And it's Mm -hmm. because they're like, I'm just a volunteer. 
we've treated this as like a real job. Like I've treated this as like a job for a decade. Um, and you know, my joke is like, I'm working for Jesus dollars here. Like the Amazon and Walmart don't really go for that, but man, the retirement plans out of this world. So it's, it's kind of what I've been, you know, my leadership philosophy with that. And then wanting to like pass that on to the future generations of male spouses, current and um, for the future. Yeah. And I've, I, I think I've had some uncomfortable conversations with bloggers at one time or another as an editor saying, um, this is not my, you know, I have a day job. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I will get to that as soon as my, my paycheck job stops, you know, but mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of funny. You mentioned that. Let's look, go back a little bit to when you talked about seasons. Um, and I think we all, we all kind of approach military life in seasons, but tell us more about like your philosophy of seasons of mill spouse life. Oh, I think seasons, seasons in life in general are just so incredibly powerful, but there also requires that awareness of just like paying attention to where you're at, what you're feeling, you know, not all about the feelings, but also how are you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and how those things change over the years. I, you know, you think about marriage when we first said, and I'm from personal experience, this may not apply across the board. So brand new male spouses, if this doesn't apply to you, ignore me, push fast forward. It's fine. I'll never know. But I remember falling in love with my soldier and just being crazy about him. Like, oh, I could not get enough of him. Wanted to spend every waking moment. I lived and breathed by where he was and what he was, was or wasn't doing. And if we were or were not able to communicate, and, you know, that level of infatuation, that's what gets you to like the altar. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not long term, but like, I remember <laughs> to the day, like it was like math, science, epic, relational stuff when the infatuation was like, and we're done. <laughs> like I, I panicked for a minute. I was like, oh, no, is this what? Oh, this is hard. This is hard. I'm afraid this is hard because we were on the trail as drill sergeants or he was a drill sergeant at that time. So if you ever get a chance to be a newlywed on the trail, call me and I will love to walk with you through that because it is an experience. But, you know, you think about that over the years and we, you know, we got through the hard season of drill sergeant and then the different flavors and seasons of deployments, no kids, one kid, two kids, now kids that are old enough to like articulate why, why isn't dad here? And man, I really miss him doing pushups with me in the backyard and teach me how to do pull-ups and that kind of stuff. So I think that the seasons apply that when we were new male spouse, pre-kids, for those of us who chose to have children, the levels of career and just those seasons paying attention to that and not locking ourselves mentally into, well, this is just how it's always been. So this is just how it's always going to be because that's going to stagnate as a spouse, as a human, as a parent, as a friend, as a volunteer, as a entrepreneur, a career person, whatever, because my relationship with my husband now is a light years different than it was 13 plus years ago. And honestly, it's so much more comfortable, not in a lackadaisical complacent way, but more in like a, Hey, we're cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need you to stare deeply into my eyes and rub my cheek in the evening. I was like, you good. I'm going to read a book. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hit me up if you need something like <laughs> there's potatoes in the fridge for your lunch tomorrow with the chicken breast. Right. Right. So paying attention to those seasons and knowing what your calling is in that season, it's going to vary. 
And again, that's also based on duty stations and that kind of thing. So it gives you freedom to grow and to develop and to rise up as you move through this wacky ride that is the male spouse journey. And I think too, that when you're looking at seasons from hindsight, it's easy to say, I was in that season or, you know, this is my season here. I think one of the hardest things is to lean into your current season. And I think- Mm -hmm. That is where our younger mill spouses seem to, they're in this new world and sometimes they're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, you're not, we're looking at it from a wisdom perspective, like, oh, the seasons are going to get better. You're going to have different seasons. But when you are in your season, how do you lean in? Again, I think being open and aware because so many of us, and by us, I mean me, go through life really on autopilot. And we're just like, well, I just have this expectation or I grew up like this. I think understanding this is a whole different podcast, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too far, but (laughs) understanding for me, understanding my family of origin, those patterns, those habits, those beliefs, some of which are really powerful and wonderful. And some of them, not so much that I grew up with and paying attention to, okay, do I still have, do I have joy when I'm checking the emails and leading the meetings or, you know, at this particular duty station, I'm not saying it's going to be all Pollyanna. There are going to be duty stations and seasons of life where you're like, the baby is not sleeping and I cannot right now. But being reminding yourself, this is just a season. This, this is not forever. My kids sleep through the night now and they can buckle their own car seats and go to the bathroom by themselves. And essentially, they can make their own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You are on your way to college. Man, right? Like freedom. This is like a brave heart moment. Freedom. My face might as well be painted blue, right? So (laughs) I, I think understanding and paying attention to all the, the whole, a holistic viewpoint of life and what's feeding your soul. What habits do you need to implement, change, do, delay, delete, all those fun Ds, um, delegate, and then making decisions based on facts as much as you can and weighing into the feelings, your preferences and that kind of stuff. I think, I think ever, everything you said <clears throat> completely, I would agree with. And I, one thing I think to add is that so it, it takes courage to lean in mm-hmm. and to change. And I think that's something too, where we don't feel like we have that. And sometimes you just have to jump, lean in and then just mm-hmm. own it. And, and that courage will follow. So hundred oh, um, percent. Yeah. Denial. Listen, denial is more than a river in Egypt. Okay. (laughs) Like we will lock ourselves into something, even simple things like fitness routines. We'll be like, well, I've always been a runner. He's like, yeah, well, my 38 year old knees are like, mix it up there, sis, change things up, do something different, create a new adventure in whatever aspect of that life and, and have the courage to be like, raise your hand and be like, I think my time has come to jump in, step out, move over, turn around, you know, whatever hokey pokey thing you're being called to have that courage to say yes. And you will be blessed for your faithfulness and that courage. I'm a living testimony to that. You sure are. Thank you, Sarita, for giving us a glimpse into behind the scenes and your experience with Mission Mill Spouse. And listeners, if you'd like to know more about Sharita's experience with Mission Mill Spouse, check out her blogs on our website over at missionmillspouse.org, or you can email her at Sharita, S-H-A-R-I-T-A, at missionmillspouse.org. You can also connect with her on Facebook or Instagram at Sharita Knobloch. As usual, don't panic. Those things will be in the show notes. And stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Dr. Sharita Knobloch, outgoing executive director with Mission Mill Spouse, as she shares more about the importance of leaning in 
to various seasons of Mill Spouse Life. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Mission Mill Spouse Executive Director, Dr. Sharita Knobloch, about the seasons of the military spouse life. Let's jump right back into the conversation, Sharita. And I want to talk about challenges now because we talked about seasons and about those type of things. But let's talk about challenges that come when you change your season. And then also maybe about the joys of that as well. But let's start with the challenges. I feel like we alluded to that right before the break as far as having that courage to just that's I mean, the courage is a first step to say something is changing and acknowledge that and let it exist to know that we don't have to control everything, which is not fun sometimes because we want to control things. And for me, it gives me a lot of peace to be like, I'm going to hold on to that with as tight of a fist as I possibly can. But my husband has taught me so much about going through life open handed. Again, that doesn't mean not being intentional. That doesn't mean just que sera, sera. Right. lackadaisical, whatever, but being more open-handed with the possibilities, the opportunities, the things that present us. Because again, we don't have that roadmap, that blueprint that so many of us type A control people want to have. And so I think having the courage to step out and be like, I'm not sure what this looks like, but I do know that it's the correct choice for me right now. And so making that next decision, we don't have to know what LMNOP Steps element OP is going to be. We just need to be like, all right, step A, this is changing. Step B, here's what I'm doing for that. Uh, I recently read a book, highly recommend. It's called Soundtracks by John Acuff. And it's all about overthinking, which I'm sure none of us would know anything about. So it's a very hypothetical example. But for those of us who happen to maybe overthink the, but what next, but what next, but what next, what's this look like? You don't have to have all the answers. And the key, he he mentions this, the, the key to overthinking is action. So just doing that next thing to overcome the challenges. Is it submitting your preference list and knowing that it may or may not have weight on where you move? Is it stepping down or stepping up for a volunteer leadership position, right? So I think that is one of the biggest challenges with the experience. But on the flip side, it's, of course, with Mill Spouse Life, it's almost similar. The joy and the anticipation of not knowing what's coming yet, but knowing that it's going to be something new. I love new things like new restaurants, new foods, new experiences. I love that. New duty stations to explore, even if we're like, all right, this was number 29. Uh, we're doing this. Where, where can I go? That newness. And so I think there's a lot of joy that comes with the newness and, and the anticipation. But then again, celebrating the courage and the freedom that you gain from leaning in to that changing season. 
And I think we grieve a lot in the military world. Like, you know, we grieve our past duty station or the friends we don't live next door to. And I think sometimes like we spend time wishing things wouldn't change. Mm -hmm. And so that actually becomes a barrier for us in that. Do you think that when, so when I, when I'm faced with a challenge or when I want to change seasons or like when I think this is it, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm not a type A person. I mean, I believe the world is divided into ants and grasshoppers and I am definitely a grasshopper um, in that. <laughs> so um, my husband is an ant, which is why I think we're still married almost three decades later. But I think too, like for me, I have to slow myself down and make myself think because I'll impulsively change a season. Mm. And I think m- I don't know if more people that are listening are out there like me or if they need a pro con list or whatever they might need. I, I don't know. Um, what what about how do you approach that? Like, are you a pro con list type person? Do you write things out or? Yeah, that's actually how I landed at this decision, because something was like niggling in my heart, in my spirit, on my brain, physically on my body. I felt like my ears were just or my shoulders were just up by my ears for, for days. And I was like, what is, what am, what is, what am I struggling with? And trying finally being like, oh, I think this is hard and I love it. And it's a good thing, but I think it's time for me to step away. And when I finally wrote those things out, like I wrote a, uh, this is what I know list. And that helps take a little, like it tones down the emotion a little bit. Emotions are important, but I don't think they should be like driving factors with some major decisions. Um, so these are the things I know gives me a little bit more factual perspective. And once again, just like journaling, once you get it down off paper or like out of your head and onto paper, it makes it a little more tangible and a little bit more manageable in that regard. So I think making lists, having discussions, asking people in your circle who really have a vested interest in your well-being for your, your, your happiness, your success, be like, and, and, and pull the audience. Don't ask on Facebook. It's, you know, that's, those are more for crockpot recipes. Don't ask the big heart things on Facebook or social media necessarily, but ask those people who are closest to you. Take into account what your spouse says, what your, you know, if you have a coach or a counselor or a pastor or a battle buddy who can really speak to that area, I think those are things to pump the brakes because I'm, I'm impulsive sometimes based on my emotions. I'm a trigger puller, like pew, pew, let's go make the decisions. And then someone's like, wait, what about this? I was like, ooh, good point. So understanding your personality, grasshopper, ant, overthinker, not so much, whichever it is, embracing that, knowing that neither one is better or worse, and then giving yourself permission to explore, really get curious about the decisions, the feelings, the pros, the cons, all that kind of thing. And I think this is prevalent too, especially when I'm on the other side of the season, I'm a fall into winter with, you know, a retirement being on the on the horizon. And I see a lot of people get a little bit paralyzed when mm-hmm. the season is changing. And now all the comforts that you had where the army's telling you what to do as much as we hate it. Hey, at least you don't have to think for yourself for a while, right. you know, but now you get to pick the place you're going to live and, you know, are you going to make the best decision? And so all those things, they come with a lot of fear. So I think that um, it's good to eliminate all that. So some of those ways that you suggested are perfect. So let's say, let's just like, I don't know, throw out a case scenario that I'm a mill spouse about to leave, you know, something very comforting and I'm going to try something new. I'm going to take a leap into a new season. What is like one piece of advice you would give me at this moment? Again, I think it goes back to really getting curious and giving yourself permission to feel the feelings. 
because we're going to have, it's very, all seasons, transitional seasons are bittersweet. Even if you're like, this duty station is awful and I don't love it. You probably have a restaurant or a store or your house or a friend that you're like, but I'm going to miss that. And then if you love the place, you're going to be like, this is a little more bitter than sweet to leave it. Right. This was my dream duty station. And we're going to, but potentially with the hope of like, Hey, we'll be back. Like we're going to live here when we retire. We loved it so much. So feel your feelings and give yourself permission to grieve, to ponder, to get curious. And then also just give yourself grace. I know that's like a default answer for so many things, but when seasons change, Keep in mind that whatever season you're going into, while it may be similar, a deployment, a new duty station, whatever, maybe similar to things you've done in the past, you've never actually been there before. And there's space for grace in that because how the heck would you know exactly what to do, A, B, C through D through through Z, if you've never been that age in that season of parenting or your career or marriage at that specific location. You've never been there before. I remind my dissertation students this all the time when they come in and they are just, you know, I keep giving feedback and they're just not quite getting it. And they're like, they start beating themselves up. I'm just so dumb. I, I'm Why am I here? I can't do this. Like I should, we start shooting on ourselves. I should know better. I should know how to do this. And at that point I'm like, eh, bit, bit, stop right there. Yeah. How, how, like I was, I look right, I look right at them in their eyeballs and I'm like, have you ever, done a dissertation before. 99.9% have not. The the 0.01% who have, God bless them, they're a different breed and good for them. They're probably not struggling. They've they got more than one PhD or EDD. Great. Good for them. But a majority of people have never done a dissertation or again, that duty station at that age and that season of marriage, parenting, career, et cetera. So again, how would you know what to do? And I just see the relief wash over them of like, Oh, Dr. Knobloch, that's kind of a good point. I want to be like, of course, it's a good point. You've never done a dissertation. That's my job. That's why I'm here. Well, and I think, yeah, no, I think, I think that that's a really good example because that is a huge tasking. And so sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you have to take that step back and take it one little step at a time and just, you know, say admitting, Hey, I've never done this before. That's like a perfect first step. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Like that there's so much, again, space for grace and permission to be like, I've not been here before. What do I do with my hands? I will figure it out, but I don't have to know. I don't have to have all the answers yesterday. I can get one answer today and one answer tomorrow and another answer in two weeks. So giving oh, your space that with I that experience. You're right. And also you you touched on it earlier about crowdsourcing on Facebook. Like I, if I see one more post that says, hi, these are on our marketplace list. Oh my goodness. And go like, okay, now I'm, you're outsourcing me to do all your work and tell you about all these places. And it's like, I think at some point, you know, we have to take a step back and say, you know what, you know, it, let it roll, let it go, mm-hmm. let it roll and just accept what you've been given. I think that the anxiety is in between the not knowing and then trying to control that. So yeah. Yeah. And, and not really being sure of your values. Like right. what are you, you know, because again, the values that my husband and I have for duty station preferences, let's use that as an example. Because again, just submitted last weekend, our list that we've never had a list ever, ever in 20 years of military service. And we have 34 to rank one through 34, one to end. Right. Um, I was like, I'm absolutely not going on Facebook because this is just going to, that's just going to stress me out. But the values and the importance of things and the desires and the culture and fill in the blank that my husband and I share, nobody else in the world 
nobody else in the world is going to be identical. There may be some similarities, but duty stations that we were like, yeah, hard pass. Thanks. We're good. Some people are like, we're, we bought a house there. We're coming back there. And I'll be like, right. Ooh, I don't even want to visit there again. And then places that were like, our, you know, our top five, they'll be like, why, why do you want to go to there? I'll be like, we have good reasons, but right. Like person on Facebook isn't going to get that. I like to throw little weird things out there like, ooh, you should go to Fort Riley. They have a great dry cleaner on the corner of Smith and, you know, <laughs> I do that all the time. Like, I lo- I just like to throw little funny things like, why would anybody choose because of the dry cleaner? I don't know, because your question's ridiculous. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic light yes. on Bluemont yeah. is very efficient. I love Fort Riley. <laughs> They're always, they always open that Dunkin' Donuts right at 5 a.m. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. Like, even like my my in-laws, like we recently purchased land in Maine to perhaps build a house on at some point. Yay! Yeah, it's great and everything. And, you know, we're still feeling things out. We got a few years, but like my in-laws are so concerned. Well, is Kathy going to be able to live in Maine? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Did any of y'all, like, were y'all concerned when Matt drove me <laughs> all these other places? But his, right. I, like I can live anywhere at this point. But I told, I know what they're speaking of. They're speaking of the winners. And so they are, they have a point. I may not be able to live there, but anyway, <laughs> too much information. Okay. So I'm getting into the big burning question, my friend. So, you know, it, everyone wants to know, this has been the subject of many little chats back and forth between the mill spouse command team members, but what is next? for you and for Team Not Block? Uh, If anyone knows, I'm fully open to the answer to that question. Um, We, I'm really, I'm truly not running towards anything. So this isn't an experience of like, ooh, there's this shiny new carrot dangling over here and I want to like run full tilt after it. That's not what it is. Uh, I recently read a book. uh, Again, I'm all about the books, but it's called To Hell With The Hustle. And if you would have given me that, three years ago when I was in the depths of my dissertation, I'd be like, I can't not hustle. Like I'm already committed to this and I have to see it through in the middle of a pandemic. I'm trying not to die emotionally inside. Um, But now like reading to hell with the hustle, I was like, you're right. I don't want to be online quite as much. And I want to be where the people are. And I don't know, like, so I don't have a black and white blueprint answer for that. All I do know Deep in my soul, in in my Jesus gut, is there some cool stuff coming? Whatever it is. And I want to be available for it. I know there's some new eventual potential leadership roles, battalion level, because my husband's at USASMA, United States Army Sergeant Majors Academy here at Fort Bliss. And I don't think I knew that it was that big of a deal until we're like talking future. Like I knew it was a big deal, but I was like, oh, this is like a real big deal for all of us. And Mm -hmm. he's hitting 20 in January and, you know, we're in it to win it again for at least probably three more years, but if not longer, but I want to have the capacity to be like, Hey, do you want to go past 23? Like, I don't want to be so crispy fried and burnt out that I'm like, you have to get out or we're all going to perish and I'm going to start breaking things. Uh, So I don't know what's next other than maybe a little bit more time to like adventure with my kids and, watch some funny episodes on TV and get ready to PCS next summer and just be lean into being a little bit more than doing. So the rumors are not true. What, that I'm running for Miss America or something? What are the rumors? <laughs> uh, the rumor that you're stepping down to write Mission Mill Spouse, the musical. That uh, oh, well, that, and- see, I'm still, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the transition to happen and then we'll oh. go from that. I am 
it is a dream for me to be in a musical. It's on my bucket list. Well, and I can only life. imagine yes how no. humorous that would be. So I'm still I'm still open for that. Like again, open handed. If you want to lead that charge, Kathleen, like I will um, be first to audition. I don't know. I think I'm adopting to hell with the hustle. That seems to be <laughs> I'm going to make that my mantra. For now. <laughs> no, we need you still to hustle and drive okay. all of our blogs and and organize yeah, all of those that. things. <laughs> well, let's let's go back a little bit and, and uh, let's remember our listeners here. And uh, where can they go to find more information about your mission to support military spouses? So for a little bit while longer, you can still, of course, email me as we shared earlier, Sharita at missionmillspouse.org or my real life email, sharita.noblock at gmail.com when that's retired and forwarded here in a few weeks. But, um, you know, look me up on Facebook. And I'm starting to practice on Instagram more a little bit ish just for fun, but, um, still haven't posted anything. However, um, you know, just connect with me on there or, Hey, if you're at the duty station, if you're still at Fort Bliss, like look me up, let's get coffee. I'm totally here for that. So at Sharita Knobloch online, check out all the blogs on missionmillspouse.org, even beyond mine. I had some, I've got dozens and dozens for many, many years, many moons, but, um, our blogs are just so great and our podcast as well. All right. Well, and that's um, that's pretty funny because I will have to say that Instagram was designed by a grasshopper and not an ant. I <laughs> not figure out Instagram at all. But all right. So um, as we wrap up our conversation with our beloved Dr. Sharita Knobloch, we have one question that we ask our guests, and that is, what is one piece of advice you would give our listeners to navigate this military life with respect to your area of expertise? There's a lot of power in paying attention as a mill spouse, as a parent, as a again, career wife, all the things, just pay attention because we've only got, as cheesy as it sounds, we've got one life to live and going through the motions of scroll, 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 or teching, chicken, tech, uh, tech, ticking the boxes, words are hard, ticking the boxes on our to-do list. Like th- those are really fulfilling sometimes and for us achievers, but there's also a lot of really great things in an unscheduled early morning workout in the backyard, in the dirt with the barbell, right? When CrossFit schedules don't work or like NCIS marathons with your kids when you're sick. Like I, a few weeks ago, I actually, I know this doesn't seem profound to a lot of people, but I really paid attention to how I was feeling and I got sick and it wasn't like show-stopping death sick, but it was like, boy, I do not feel great. For the first time in 38 years, I let myself be sick for like three days in a row. And it was the most empowering, freeing thing I have done in such a long time. And so I think paying attention to your seasons, leaning into that, coming at it with an open-handed, open-hearted mindset to know that it really is all going to work out, even if we don't have the answers. Wow. And and again, I, I would have known that you would have given us like just such a great wrap up line like that, because that is absolutely the essence of you. So I appreciate that. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we close down? Well, I know a lot of people and on our command team are not squishy humans, but I'm a squishy human. Um, and so I just want to say to you, Kathleen, to our command team, to all of our listeners and followers for the last decade plus, to everyone that's tuned into the podcast the last 18, 18 freaking years. That's awesome. I just want to say thank you. It has been an absolute privilege and joy to serve in this capacity. 
it's a bittersweet departure. There's a lot of sweetness. There's a lot of, a lot of sadness in it too, but to everything, there is a season. So to everyone, thank you. I wish absolutely nothing but 150 million percent the best for Mission Mill Spouse. It is in good hands. We've got an incredible command team, a wonderful incoming executive director, and I cannot wait to see how you all blossom in the next 18 years of podcasting. Well, I would absolutely speak. I am speaking on behalf of the Mission Mill Spouse Command team um, by saying that we love you, Sharita. And many of us are here solely because of your leadership. And we are going to miss you, but we are going to carry on the mission. And we are going to lean into the season of whoever is new and next, um, because we know that's what you would want us to do. So thank you for being absolutely. Here. And thank you. You're for- so welcome. You're so One welcome. last shot at you. <laughs> yes, you're so welcome. And keep Common Mill Spouse on, everybody. Thank you again to today's guest, Dr. Sharita Knobloch. We wish her all the best as she transitions into her next season in this mill spouse life. Oh boy, that was a little emotional at the end, I will have to admit. So now we're going to head back to our hosts in the studio to hear their thoughts on today's empowering conversation. Give them a moment. They may be comfort eating or deep in the tissue box. I don't know, um, as we're all just a little sad for today's last with Sharita. Back to you guys. Thank you to Sharita for sharing her heart as she transitions into a new chapter of military spouse life. It has been such a gift to work with Sharita as she led our team through some very big changes here at Mission Mill Spouse. Sarah, let's recap. What are your top three moments from the interview? Oh, I will try to make it through this without getting sappy. I am not normally a squishy person, but this made me feel a little squishy. Um, I wanted to start with um, just saying, you know, Can we take a moment to talk about the opening of the interview with Kathleen spending a lot of time covering all of Sharita's titles and accolades and accomplishments? And it is just clear that she is a male spouse who has not sat idly by during her journey. And she has not let the military life happen to her, but she has happened to her military life, uh, which has really been for the betterment of our entire community as a whole. So it's pretty cool to listen to just all of the things that she has accomplished, um, not just in her tenure uh, here at Mission Mill Spouse, but just over the years of her Mill Spouse journey. Um, And as I'm making my list of favorite things uh, from the interview, I love making lists. Um, I'm going to bring up her list of, you know, the things that I know as a way to like brain dump and figure out decisions. And and I think that's an excellent piece of advice that I know I can relate to. And Jolene, I think you can relate to that as well. Um, You know, my spouse, I think I mentioned, went through the marketplace season and this season was kind of a weird one and oddly stressful. And um, our first instinct was to kind of look at the exciting places that we've never been and kind of jump on that. But, um, you know, after we sat down and we made the list of what do we know and and what, um, what are these places going to look like on a day-to-day basis? Uh, we were able to make more logical, rational decisions. And so um, I think that's good advice for everyone is to kind of take the emotion out of things sometimes and just focus on what you know. Um, and then you said three things. Um, I guess what also stuck with me is kind of her joy and anticipation of what comes next and her passion for newness and exploring and just the excitement. Um, And that is something I can definitely identify with. uh, And that speaks to the heart of what really makes a male spouse and what helps us thrive. I think if you look at PCSing, like, you know, where are we going now? And uh, not another move. It's not going to bring you success as a male spouse, but looking at it from the perspective of 
you know, where do we get to go? What national parks can we visit? What new foods can we try? Because I'm a foodie, so that's usually always my my first thought. Um, it's just so helpful to spin each PCS in a positive direction if you look at it from that perspective. Um, Jolene, what were your uh, takeaways from Kathleen's interview with Sharita? Well, um, a lot of similar ones um, to those that you mentioned, because I think um, just playing off of the joy and anticipation that she has for her next season, I just thought like, wow, what a great way for her to model and demonstrate um, just the not knowing to all of us, because we are all at that place at some point in our military spouse life on a regular routine basis, <laughs> whether it's a TDY, whether it's um, marketplace, whether it's waiting for orders, whether it's a deployment, you know, all of the things we don't need to mention them, I don't think, because we all know um, what it could be. But I just um, appreciate that she um, is modeling it in such a way that is positive and and is anticipatory. And it's just like, okay, I don't know all of the next steps, but I can take one next step. And I just really, um, that speaks so much to me. So sometimes, I mean, we just went through a big transition in our military spouse life. My husband retired. Um, and so we've been in like two months into retirement life. And although we decided to stay where we um are at here in North Carolina, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, it still had so many paralyzing and still does. Like there are so many like paralyzing um, because there are so many opportunities. It's just speaks to my heart to think, okay, well, what can, what can I do next? What one action can I take? I don't need to know all of the next steps, but I can do one thing. And so I think too, like as, um, as those orders get cut for PCS season, um, you know, take it one step at a time. And I, I just really appreciate her heart on, on that side of things. Um, I also, um, I also, so bittersweet because I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm not too squishy until I am squishy. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And so like listening to it was so hard. I was like, oh my gosh. When I think about the changes that I've seen here, um, I've been with uh, Mission Mill Spouse, well, and, you know, at Army Wife Network prior to, to Mission Mill Spouse. Um, since 2019. And I started too as a blogger. And just it's so bittersweet um, to see Sharita moving on. Um, because like when I reflect on what I have seen accomplished since 2019, as a team with Sharita at the, you know, at the helm, it has been like mind boggling, all of the the things that happen behind the scenes, all the things that get done, because um, we work together as a team and it, I, I just mm-hmm. think like, wow, what a leader she has been to us. And I'm really excited for where she's going. Sad to have her go, but boy, I know she's got big things ahead of her and it could be just like she said, adventuring with her kids. And that's a big thing. Um, it, you know, like every moment really matters. And I just appreciate so much, um, how, what she's given to us and shared with us and how she's led us. But also I'm so excited for her future. I know. I can't wait to see what she does next. You know, she's not someone that's just going to just kind of quietly disappear into the background. She definitely has big things coming for her. I completely agree. I mean, first of all, the musical, so that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fantastic. Think of um, all the puns and the hashtags that we would get oh from it. Oh my gosh, it'd be so great. We've been, so this is like such an inside command team joke. So I feel always bad talking about it on the podcast, whatever it comes up. But <laughs> this Mission Mills Post musical has been a longstanding theme and we are, I'm committed to seeing somebody write it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm committed to pre-order the tickets. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, so it's, I agree though. She has some big things. I think just um, as things, you know, the next, cause her next year is going to be wild with a new assignment. Um, you know, her husband was, as he graduates from Sergeant Major Academy and then mm-hmm. they have a new assignment, you know, that in itself is obviously a big, big change. But I think once that kind of gets in place, uh, what's next? I think it's going to be big and I think it's going to be amazing. And um, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to watch and just be like a cheerleader on the side, you know, ready to mm-hmm. cheer her on to whatever um, big thing is next for her. Well, always such good information and nuggets of wisdom coming to us from our podcast guests. Let's keep those good vibes going with this week's Resource Recon. Join us as we share a snippet of LaVon Ritchie's blog, Part 1, The Emotional Cycle of Deployment. LaVon writes, My husband came home from work one night frustrated and impatient. I could easily read on his face that he was bothered by something, but this happened periodically when his workload was heavy. I didn't think too much of it and knew that once we finished dinner and the kids were in bed, my husband would tell me about his day. As we were completing the nighttime routine, I asked what was wrong, and he replied with a very serious direct tone, we need to talk. And somehow in that instant, I knew exactly what he was going to tell me. He was slow getting the words out, so I did it for him. You were deploying. And he just nodded. Some of the first feelings of the emotional cycle of deployment are denial and anticipation of departure or loss. My denial was in the form of complete shock. We had just unexpectedly moved and my husband was assigned to a non-deployable position. I was so very angry. But as we moved through denial and shock to anticipation of departure, I found it was emotionally exhausting. Though I didn't want my husband to leave, I was finding myself ready to simply rip off the band-aid. Thanks to LaVon for sharing her thoughts and experiences with receiving the dreaded we have to talk speech from her spouse after work. I have been there myself and it is never easy to navigate through those first moments, the true beginnings of a deployment. I think too, um, her writing just spoke to me because, you know, you know, I've been through that conversation um, mm-hmm. a number of times. The first time that um, I experienced it, we were um, we were in Hawaii on vacation and it was it was our first morning waking up. And so we were like five hours different. So um, like the sun was not it was barely you know, on the horizon and it was early, early. And my husband had a phone call, a voicemail um, overnight from his uh, boss. And I was like, you know, whatever. So like, go ahead, call him back. I'm going to go walk on the beach because it's beautiful and the sun is rising and I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. And his brother was with us too. And so I remember, um, and this is probably like maybe eight months, you know, eight months into our marriage. And I remember turning around and, um, seeing my husband's face and seeing his brother's face and they looked like somebody had died. And I was like, is there something? I was like, what's wrong? And I was, you know, like probably 20 or 30 yards ahead of them. And so I kind of came back and I was like, what's going on? And my husband's like, well, um, he kind of was shuffling around and I was like, are you deploying? He's like, yeah. Like he couldn't get it out. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, I took a, I remember, I literally remember, you know how everything like slows down. I took a really deep breath and I thought to myself, okay, I have like, and everything was so slow, but I thought in my brain, I have one way to react to this. I mean, I have a lot of mm-hmm. ways I can react to this, but we're on vacation. <laughs> we're on vacation. That's the first day of vacation. And I don't like, I can let it ruin it or I cannot. And I mean, that was beyond, I, that was grace from God. That was, not, that was beyond my wisdom, beyond my experience. <laughs> that yes. is not from, that was not internally from me. That was something beyond. Um, and I said to him, well, we have, 
a week of vacation. Let's make the most of it. When do you leave? And he's like, 30 days. (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) then let's really make the most of it. And so um, just reading her post just brought back some of those um, memories and those experiences um, of, you know, he's also had another deployment where he had to leave in a week. And that was very unexpected. He was not on like a rapid turnaround. It was just a series of bad things that had happened. And he was the one that was able to go and fill in that spot in a short turn. Nice. You know how that goes. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I feel like just that time prepared me um, and just, but reading her, her post just made me feel like, okay, like <laughs> brought back all those feelings and memories. Yes. I, uh, I have a couple um, moments throughout my male spouse journey where I, I have acted in a way that is not my usual MO, you know, where I should be freaking out, but I, I do realize that I have a choice in how I react to this. And I think it's very telling when our spouses have news that they have trouble getting out because they know how it will impact us and they think that they know how we're going to react. And so it's kind of our choice to react differently. Um, I know um, not a deployment, but my husband, um, about a month before our marriage, um, woke up similar to your story with a very early morning phone call that he was due for training that had been bumped up and his unit just hadn't let him know ahead of time. And he had to leave immediately. And we didn't know if he'd be home in time for our wedding. And I was like, well, I could freak out. I could cry. I could go full bridezilla in this situation, (laughs) you know, a month before the wedding. Um, but we handled it and I don't know where the grace and the strength came from because that is not me at all. But, um, you know, just, and we've had deployments and we've had extensions and we've had just lots of things. He comes home and it is just a look that they have when they come home, Mm -hmm. that they have something that they know is going to upset you. And it is, um, it's a hard conversation to have and it's a hard transition. But once you start on that road, it's like LaVon said, like once you get going through the process, you just want to, you just want to do it. Just rip off the bandaid and get on with it. Agreed. Agreed. Sometimes I'm like, okay, let's just get it. Let's just get it over with and get through it. And we will figure it out as we go. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading LaVon's upcoming post after reading this first one. I feel like um, she's just got a good handle on that emotional cycle of deployment. I'm so grateful that here at Mission Mill Spouse, we can offer tangible resources to help you navigate your military spouse life while also providing insight and encouragement for your mill spouse heart. Um, So let's round out our encouragement this week with Amy and Emma. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello, history-making military spouses. It's Moxie Minute o'clock, and today we're celebrating the history maker. Did you know that military spouses have been making waves for centuries? From Beatrice Patton to modern trailblazers, you're part of a legacy of strength and empowerment. Let me tell you a quick story I saw on a great spouse page online I will share from a Rachel Griffith. And she says, we all agree that PCSing is an incredibly stressful time, especially if you're doing a ditty. And while we are stressed to the max, we tend to snap at our husbands, maybe a little. Do you feel guilty when you yell at him or shout and wonder if you went too far? Well, ladies, allow me to set your guilt at ease by introducing you to this hilarious story from Patton, A Genius for War by Carlo Desti. If Beatrice Patton can get away with chasing our nation's military greatest leader around the house with a sword, then we can yell at our husbands for buying a case of the wrong packing tape. 
The story from the book says, quote, On another occasion in France, Patton learned the price of taking his wife for granted was costly. Whenever they moved, they would do so, often during their long married life. The responsibility for packing and attending to the details of the move devolved on Beatrice. The day before they were scheduled to depart, Patton came home to find Beatrice exhausted and thoughtlessly said, I hope you remembered to pack all of those swords under the bed. When she found some 30 swords and scabbards, something snapped. The next thing she remembered was chasing Georgie through the rooms with a sword uplifted in her two hands and Georgie running madly ahead of her, jumping over chairs and tables and his hands clasped over his head to ward off her stroke, yelling, don't, don't, please don't. She almost caught him bringing the sword down so hard that it struck into the edge of the table. Georgie helped her to pack them. I love it. It's fabulous. If that's not Moxie, I don't know what is, but that woman is amazing. And I feel it to the core of my being, as I know some of you do as well. Even though it's not PCS season, season I thought we could all use a laugh. So once again, the history makers, it's in our system. Spouses, until next time, keep writing your own stories, write your history using that incredible moxie. Remember, we're not just military spouses, we're spouses with a truckload of it. So keep shining, stay strong, and stay tuned next week for another dose of the encouragement and inspiration coming your way. As you go forth, remember, moxie isn't just a word, it's a way of life. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy y'all and buckle up for the new News 6 weekly brief. Five night stalkers from Fort Campbell were killed in a training accident involving their Black Hawk helicopter over the Mediterranean on November 10th. The Fallen R. Chief Warrant Officer 3, Stephen R. Dwyer, 38, of Clarksville, Tennessee. Chief Warrant Officer 2, Shane M. Barnes, 34, of Sacramento, California. Staff Sergeant Tanner W. Grone, 26, of Gorham, New Hampshire. Sergeant Andrew P. Southard, 27, of Apache Junction, Arizona. Sergeant Cade M. Wolf, 24, of Mankato, Minnesota. May they rest in peace and our thoughts and prayers are with their families. Researchers at Brown University are currently studying the tried-and-true belly flop. Yes, like the ones you do at the pool, to better marine and naval engineering. They are hoping understanding the physics of the belly flop will help structures with a need to withstand high-impact air-to-water slamming forces. An unknown naval seaman had a bit of an interesting venue for his re-enlistment ceremony, and now viral TikTok video shows a young sailor enlisting in a red Corvette at the Corvette dealership. Can't get more American than that. Hot off the presses and ready for action, the U.S. Naval Academy and West Point have released the uniform designs for the upcoming Army-Navy game. The Navy is doing an homage to the silent service, a.k.a. submariners, while the Army continues its stint of honoring specific divisions, this time 3rd ID, Rock of the Marne. An in-air mishap forced a naval plane called a P-8 Poseidon to land in the water of Kaneohe Bay on Oahu, Hawaii, with nine service members on board. While they may have gotten a little wet, no injuries were reported. No reports as to why the plane had such a struggle, but there was little visibility around the area when the incident took place. Today in History On November 27, 1924, the first Macy's Day Parade was held. It is not, however, the oldest Thanksgiving parade. That honor goes to Philadelphia Thanksgiving Parade, which started three years before that.
That's your new six top six. This is Emma Tai, over and out. I really love hearing from these ladies each week offering the words we so need to hear. And um, of course, keeping us informed and uplifted with military life news. Thank you, ladies. Now let's take a quick 45 second break and we'll be right back. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Well, that's almost a wrap of our 2023 podcast season. We have one more mini cast and then we are taking a few weeks off to enjoy the holiday season. Mark your calendar for the first episode of our 2024 season, where we will chat with our new executive director, Juliana Hauska. That episode is scheduled to drop on Monday, January 15th. We're counting down the minutes until we meet up with you here again. We are beginning to schedule guests for our 2024 podcast season. If you would like to be a guest or join the ranks of becoming a Mission Mill Spouse partner, please connect with us at hello at missionmillspouse.org. Please don't forget that we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we are powered by volunteers and donations. All contributions are tax deductible and go directly to empowering military spouses with resources and support. Simply click the donate button at missionmillspouse.org to help us keep the lights on. As the longest running military spouse empowerment organization, your investment is a great one. And one last note, to stay in the know with all things Mission Mill Spouse, and receive access to exclusive giveaways and printables, subscribe on our website to our newsletter, The Sit Rep, that situation report for those of you new to this military life. We send it just twice a month. It's on the first and third Fridays, so there's no cluttery spam threat here. Listeners, no matter where you're at on your military journey, new or seasoned, active, guard, retired, or prior service, Army, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, Navy, or Space Force, always remember, we've been there, you're not alone, and we've got your six. This is your mill spouse. Listeners, no matter where you're at on your military journey, new or seasoned, active, guard, retired, or prior service, Army, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, Navy, or Space Force, always remember that we've been there, you're not alone, and we've got your six. This is your mission mill spouse command team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, Consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.